Chapter Thirty Three of Characters of Shakespeare's Plays by William Hazlitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Comedy of Errors. This comedy is taken very much from the Menechmi of Plautus and is not an improvement on it. Shakespeare appears to have bestowed no great pains on it, and there are but a few passages which bear the decided stamp of his genius. He seems to have relied on his author and on the interest arising out of the intricacy of the plot. The curiosity excited is certainly very considerable, though not of the most pleasing kind. We are teased as with a riddle, which notwithstanding we try to solve. In reading the play, from the sameness of the names of the two Antipholuses and the two Dromios, as well as from their being constantly taken for each other by those who see them, it is difficult, without a painful effort of attention, to keep the characters distinct in the mind. And again, on the stage, either the complete similarity of their persons and dress must produce the same perplexity whenever they first enter, or the identity of appearance which the story supposes will be destroyed. We still, however, having a clue to the difficulty, can tell which is which, merely from the practical contradictions which arise as soon as the different parties begin to speak, and we are indemnified for the perplexity and blunders into which we are thrown by seeing others thrown into greater and almost inextricable ones. This play, among other considerations, leads us not to feel much regret that Shakespeare was not what is called a classical scholar. We do not think his fort would have ever lain in imitating or improving on what others invented, so much as inventing for himself and perfecting what he invented, not perhaps by the omission of faults, but by the addition of the highest excellences. His own genius was strong enough to bear him up, and he soared longest and best on unborrowed plumes. The only passage of a very Shakespearean cast in this comedy is the one in which the abbess, with admirable characteristic artifice, makes Adriana confess her own misconduct in driving her husband mad. Abbess. How long hath this possession held the man? Adriana. This week he hath been heavy, sour, sad and much, much different from the man he was. But till this afternoon his passion ne'er break into extremity of rage. Abbess. Hath he not lost much wealth at wreck by sea? Buried some dear friend? Hath not else his eye strayed his affection in an unlawful love? A sin prevailing much in youthful men who give their eyes the liberty of gazing. Which of these sorrows is he subject to? To none of these, except it be the last namely some love that drew him oft from home you should for that have apprehended him why so i did but not rough enough as roughly as my modesty would let me happily in private and in assemblies too ay but not enough it was the copy of our conference in bed he slept not for my urging it aboard he fed not for my urging it alone it was the subject of my theme in company i often glanced at it Still did I tell him it was vile and bad. Abbess. And therefore came it that the man was mad. The venomed clamours of a jealous woman poisoned more deadly than a mad dog's tooth. It seems his sleeps were hindered by thy railing. And therefore comes it that his head is light. Thou sayest his meat was sauced with thy upbraidings. And quiet meals make ill digestions. Therefore the raging fire of fever bred. And what's a fever but a fit of madness? Thou sayest his sports were hindered by their brawls, sweet recreation barred. What doth ensue but moody and dull melancholy, 
kinsman to grim and comfortless despair and at her heels a huge infectious troop of pale distemperatures and foes to life in food in sport and life-preserving rest to be disturbed would mad or man or beast the consequences end by jealous fits have scared thy husband from the use of wits luciana she never reprehended him but mildly when he demeaned himself rough rude and wildly oh why bear you these rebukes and answer not adriana she did betray me to my own reproof pinch the conjurer is also an excrescence not to be found in plautus he is indeed a very formidable anachronism they brought one pinch a hungry lean-faced villain a mere anatomy a mountebank a threadbare juggler and a fortune-teller a needy hollow-eyed sharp-looking wretch a living dead man this is exactly like some of the puritanical portraits to be met with in hogarth End of the Comedy of Errors